0: You're listening to the Investing For Kids, Buy Kids podcast, where I interview guests from around the world about all things stocks, crypto, and business. I also share my strategies, advice, tactics, and more to help you become a better investor. I'm Timmy M., your host and the founder of Investing For Kids, by Kids Make sure to leave this podcast a good review so that I can continue growing my business and continue making episodes of this podcast. I am not a registered financial advisor. Any opinions expressed by me or the guests of this podcast are not a recommendation to make a particular investment. This podcast was created for informational and entertainment purposes only. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Dana Mariello. I apologize if I just screwed up that pronunciation there. Uh, And she's the founder, uh, actually the co-founder, and I think currently the CEO of Mighty. So we'll talk more about Mighty, but just for now, I'll let you know that it's a business that helps kids and teenagers set up their own businesses, and I highly recommend it as well. Um... So yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, make sure to leave a good review. I know I keep on saying this at the start of every episode, and I apologize, but for those of you who did, thank you so much. You're really supporting the podcast, and it is really, really helpful when you do that. So enjoy. So- hey, Dana, welcome to the show. Hi, Timmy. Thanks for having me. So you've got some really interesting stuff going on over at Mighty, and we all want to hear about that. But first of all, just give us some background on what you did before you founded Mighty.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I have been an entrepreneur most of my life. I love making things and sharing those things with others, physical products, websites, you name it. So my very first job out of college, I made makeup. And I thought that I would really do that forever. So this part of my career surprised me, actually. Um, I really loved making skincare products. And I worked at L'Oreal and Estee Lauder and Victoria's Secret Beauty making skincare products. And I got to work with chemists and think about everything from the packaging to the marketing to you name it. Uh, And I had so much fun. And then I went to business school and I thought that I was going to start more businesses making similar types of products. And I didn't. What I learned along the way is one of the hardest parts of starting a business is convincing other people that what you're doing is awesome, getting them to believe in you and invest money in your efforts. And I turned my attention when I realized that to other ways that entrepreneurs could access capital and access the money that they needed to get their businesses off the ground. So the business that I started then was one that was a crowdfunding business where entrepreneurs could raise capital from their communities. And I did that for a while and I loved it um we wound up we ran against the law there are a lot of laws in that space very regulated and we wound up shutting down because we didn't think that the laws allowed us to do what our customers wanted us to do and i got to along the way testify for congress about why i thought the laws were not supportive of entrepreneurs and i helped draft a new bill that was actually passed and i was in the rose garden when obama signed that bill and made it possible for entrepreneurs to get more access to capital than they could before so i was super proud of what we did there And after that, I worked at Etsy for five years, which was was really cool. Got to be there from when there were 300 people to 1,500 people in a public company. And I've been working on Mighty with Ben and our team for the last five years. And this is the best chapter yet.
0: So did you start any businesses when you were a kid or teenager? Or was the one that you started in college just your first um, uh, adventure in entrepreneurship? I didn't start businesses when I was a
1: kid. I invented a lot when I was a kid. And I I wish in retrospect that I had taken that extra leap of selling inventions and learning how to scale them and build a business around them. So it's such an awesome skill that I would benefit. I certainly use all the time now, but I was always, since I was really little, an inventor and a maker and my dad and I would make things and that we had like all these tools in the basement and we'd always be making things. He taught me how to patent my inventions. We'd patent things together, and I thought I wanted nothing more than to just make cool stuff in my life. And the idea of selling was was really intimidating and scary to me. Of I made this cool thing, I love it. I hope other people like it, but telling them about it was a step that I didn't take and was afraid of. And to this day, I think it's it's clearly one of the most important skills for an entrepreneur. It's hard. It's hard for a kid. It's hard for adults. Um, and I think that's part of what we're doing here at Mighty is is
0: giving kids practice with that lesson too. What do you think was the most important lesson that you've learned um, looking back from your first time as an entrepreneur? What do you think was the most important lesson that you learned in business? I would, I'll, pick,
1: I'll pick two. The, the first yeah. one is the lesson of resilience that almost nobody gets it right the first time. And the key to being a successful entrepreneur is not getting it right the first time. The key is when you don't get it right, understanding what didn't go well, learning from that and doing better the next time. And running that cycle in a very smart and a very fast way is what makes a great entrepreneur. The greatest entrepreneurs, I don't think they're the smartest. I don't think they're the most correct. I think that they're the fastest at cycling through trying something, understanding what happened and trying again. And the kind of the joining lesson to that that's really important is nobody gets that right all by themselves either. And so the other most important lesson that I would add to that one is building a really great community of other entrepreneurs and leaders around you that you can learn from. There's no way that I could learn any of the things that I did if I just stayed in my own bubble and tried to just learn from my own mistakes in a vacuum. It is because I have a really large and strong community of other entrepreneurs that I talk to all the
0: time and learn from that I'm able to get better. Can you please explain a bit about your new business, Mighty, like how it started, you know, why you founded it and its evolution? I was very intrigued when I looked at, uh, at your website and I saw that Mighty started out as a project based learning experiment to get your own kids excited about math. I know I'm not sure if this is talking about uh, your kids or Ben's kids, uh, but definitely tell us about this as well. Absolutely. So Ben and I started Mighty Together, and the
1: idea came from him and his personal experience. So as, as you know, Ben has, has two daughters, and he was working with them on their math lessons and working with them through Khan Academy and other traditional education tools online for how to get um, math lessons, and they thought it was boring, and they weren't into it. They didn't want to learn through those methods, and Ben is an entrepreneur, um, and so he said, well, you use math all the time in entrepreneurship. And that could be a fun way to see these lessons in practice and why they're important. And so with his daughters, he built a Shopify shop where they could sell bracelets that they made and through the process, learn about pricing and margins. And that teaches you about fractions and all of those good things. And they launched the shop and they learned the lessons that he was hoping they would about math. But what was more important that was an insight in the process is he felt really out. They were really psyched to say, I'm a boss. I have a business. I'm proud of myself. And they learned life skills far beyond math in the process. And that was kind of the aha moment to see Vivian and Josie say, oh, I asked someone to buy something and they said, no. Oh, huh. How do I deal with that? What happens when someone says no? How can I iterate on the pitch? How do I iterate on my products and ask again? And how do I become good at hearing no, learning, trying again? Um, became, you know, I would argue more important than the, the hard skills of, of the math are equally important. And yeah. so that was initial insight when Ben called me and said, hey, you've been working with entrepreneurs, your career in building businesses. I think we have something here. Let's make this a business. Let's build this. And we've been building it together ever since.
0: So I know that um, you pitched your idea to private equity or, you um, venture capital investors. Is that correct? Just want to confirm that? Yep. To to venture capital, but not to private equity. Private equity investors
1: typically invest at a later stage of the business um, and to businesses that are much more established to grow them. And venture capitalists invest in much earlier businesses when there's more risk involved and they're going along with us on that journey of getting started. So our very first investors were frankly friends of Ben's. (laughs) Right. So we talk to entrepreneurs young and old all the time about how the best way to get started is with your friends and family. And I hear some uh, CEOs on Mighty say, oh, but it's just my mom that bought something or it's just my family. And I think, gosh, it's not just your family. Every business that I've started or been a part of it has been friends and family that were the first person people to support us to invest and to be our cheerleaders and without that we'd be nowhere so that's the the first part and then another the next layer above friends and family as you start to need more capital and grow the business more is we had angel investors invest and so angel investors are people who are individuals who invest usually smaller checks than venture capitalists, which have firms and businesses that they invest through. These are people who are investing their own money, but they do it repeatedly. So so different from friends and family who might just do it once for you, these are people who might make 10 investments in a year to all kinds of businesses, but out of their personal wealth. Um, So we had some of those people. And then we had VCs who run an actual fund where their business is investing money and it's not their own money. They have what we call limited partners, everything from universities to other individuals to governments that are putting money into this fund and asking them as partners, as venture capitalists, hey, you guys invest this money for us in companies you believe in and we wanna see that that money grow a lot. We have those people too.
0: What lessons did you learn from pitching your idea to angel investors um, and those people? so many so a
1: couple of them so the first lesson I learned is the resilience lesson again that you will get no way more than you'll get a yes right so I've gotten more no's than I could count when pitching mighty dn and other businesses that I've started and so the first lesson that I learned is to take those no's as a learning opportunity first of all not to let them get you down if you're sad for a little bit that's just human nature fine um, but there is a uh, picking yourself back up quickly and saying, What did I learn from that? And I got really good at when people say no, digging into what feedback they had so it could be a learning experience. And the way that I often frame that question is because venture capitalists are evaluating risk, right? So I might say, What risk did you see in this business which felt like they were too much for you? And then I'd take notes about what felt risky to those people and I'd work on those things because that's really helpful feedback and I'd look for patterns. So that's one lesson I learned. Another lesson is to that I learned is to know my audience. So I don't have the exact same cookie cutter pitch that I give to every single person that I'm fundraising from. So, for example, there are some people who we raise money from who their whole business is investing in education businesses. There are some people who their whole business is investing in financial technology businesses. If I'm talking to those two different people, I might say my pitch in a little bit of a different way because they have a different frame of reference. There's different things that they care about. So I'm pulling from the same story, but I'm kind of I'm shaping it in a way that I know it'll resonate most with my audience, with that unique person. And then I'd say the third thing that I learned in pitching is that kind of can't fake it. People can tell when you are excited about something, when you genuinely are passionate and care about it. And that really, really goes a long way more than anything else you could do is being genuine and authentic in why why I care about this thing. If I'm asking someone else to put their resources into it, they have to understand I'm putting my heart and soul into this as well for very good reason.
0: So right now, can you tell us about what's going on over at Mighty? And if possible, what you're aiming to launch in the future? You don't have to share information that you're purposefully keeping secret for a surprise or you can't disclose, obviously. Um, And I think this would be great information for my listeners. And then I'm also personally kind of interested in what you guys are planning to do in the future? I'd be happy to share. So I'll start with, I'll start with the highest level of what our mission is
1: and what we've done to, to go on that path so far and what we're going to do on the future. So our mission is unleashing the entrepreneur inside of every kid. And what I mean by that is we truly believe that every kid has inside of them the ability to be an entrepreneur and and needs to have opportunities to practice that and have that pulled out. And that entrepreneurship is not just about being the CEO of a business, but it's about having the life skills that are important there. So those life skills are the creativity, the problem solving, the resilience, and the leadership. And that's why we're here every day. That's why we're, we're Team Mighty, because we think that those are critical life skills. And so what we've done so far is we want to be this place for the next generation of entrepreneurs. We think to be that place for the next generation of entrepreneurs, we need to deliver on three things. We need to deliver on a place where you can launch creative projects that you care about. And so far, we have one type of creative project that you can launch, which is a print-on-demand business. As you know, you can create your designs and put them on all different kinds of merch, which are drop shipped, sent directly to your customers from your e-commerce store. Our vision in the future is that there's all types of creative projects you could launch. That's just one. So we've had many questions about, hey, how do I start a babysitting business or lawn mowing or tutoring, all these kinds of service businesses. We've had a lot of people ask us, how can we sell things that I make? How can I sell virtual goods? So we have all these cool requests. We want to do all of that in the future. For the next while, we're going to focus just on this first piece still, but that is our long-term vision. So you have the inside look here first. The next thing that we want to do, not only launching those projects, but um, managing, earning money and managing the money that you earn. So one of our goals is to create more opportunities for CEOs to earn more. And that's something that we're working on in the short term is more opportunities to earn by giving you better marketing tools, better ways to present your business, um, something that you're really proud of and have the ability to share and enlist your parents and others in your family to share as well. Um, so that's the earning and managing money piece. And then the last piece is connecting with the community. If we're really the place for this next generation of entrepreneurs, you, like I said, I have a community of entrepreneurs. You should too, and be able to connect with each other. So we're really excited about the community that we have now. We certainly want to grow it. We want to integrate it more into the Mighty platform. So it's always present. Um, that's the longest term vision. What you're going to see happening just in the next three months, we think about things in quarters and three month increments at a time. So what you'll see in the next three months is our focus is on improving what your shop looks like. So that's the, the first thing that you're going to see next is some cool improvements. And if you're part of Mighty and the Mighty community, you can see a video from Katia, our head of product, talking through exactly what that'll look like and asking for feedback. So we want to get feedback along the way. Um, and then the things that we don't have designs yet for, but we're going to be working on, is making sure your home screen, when you log on to your business, gives you the information and guidance you need to be successful. So look out for more there soon too.
0: So I posted in the Mighty community, which by the way, that's amazing. I really like that. Um, Asking people what they thought would be good questions for this interview. And two of them I particularly liked. Uh, So the first one is how did Mighty get its name? Ooh, that's a great
1: question. So I did not come up with the name. Uh, Ben worked on the name. And what he told me is that, and I love this, is that Mighty is meant to convey the greatness, the greatness of what we think that all of the kids who join the platform and become CEOs are, is, is truly, truly awesome and powerful individuals. And, and that's what we hoped in the name. We liked that it was concise and frankly sounded cool.
0: Okay, um, the next question is, how long did it take from like the idea to um, launching your business and marketing it to your customers, how long did that take?
1: Oh man, so from the earliest time that Ben had the idea to when he called me and said, let's build this together, there was at least six months when he was kind of sitting on the idea, prototyping things and deciding like, hey, this is something that you wanted a co-founder for, to make into a business. So that was a solid, at least six months there. And then once I joined him, it took us, there was already a, pro- a prototype in the market. It took us about two more months to have our first hire, Alex, who's our CTO, who joined the business. And then let's see, everything was an evolution. So it's, it's interesting. There's no like start line. And then all of a sudden the product launches. It's every day. There's just a little bit more, It's just a gradual building of this business. So we're now... Um, let's see, two plus years in, and now we have 10 employees. So we gradually added people during that path. We gradually added more CEOs. We gradually added more features along that path. So that's, that's
0: my best answer
1: is there is no specific date so much as continuously working and improving.
0: Yeah. I was uh, fortunate enough to, um, be in beta testing. That's right. Yeah. How can kids and teenagers listening to this get started, uh, with their business on mighty
1: so they can sign up mighty.business they can create a business right away
0: yeah so thanks so much for coming on the podcast I really enjoyed this interview um yeah thanks thank you Timmy I loved being here I really appreciate you having me yeah